This is On The Story. I'm News 10 ABC's Trishna Begum. Every night, I get to tell people stories, but there's always more. I wish I could fit into every piece. That's where this podcast comes in. Each week, we'll dive into a topic with the newsmakers, experts, and the people who can tell the story the best. Okay, here we go for episode 30. We are going to keep with the fall theme for this episode and focus on apple picking. I am talking to Michael Bastow today with the Cornell Cooperative, and he's the apple fruit expert I tracked down this week. I was pleasantly surprised at how long we talked about apples for. I learned a lot, including which apples to use for baking, how long it takes to come up with a new apple variety like the Snapdragon. Maybe you've heard of it. Wait till you find out how long it takes. It's incredible. And also where to pick the best apples on the tree. So if you're going apple picking soon, this is the episode for you. Here's Michael Bastow. Hey Mike, how are you? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for hopping on. Oh, sure. Let's get started with your title and what it is that you do with the Cornell Cooperative. Sure. So I'm a regional tree fruit specialist with the Eastern New York Commercial Horticulture Program, which is a regional team of Cornell Cooperative Extension. And so my region that I cover is basically Northeast New York, portions of the capital region, and up to where I'm based here in Plattsburgh, New York. How long have you been doing this? So I've been with Cornell Extension for the past four years now. And prior to that, I was working in Pennsylvania in a very similar role. So over over six years. Um, and then before that in grad school. So I, I've been in the, the fruit world for about a decade or so now. Cool. Take us a little through your day-to-day and give us a glimpse into your, your world. Sure. So... Yeah, the day-to-day is, is always so tough to describe and is one of the reasons why I really enjoy my position. Uh, you know, every day is so different, but generally, you know, my main goal is to help New York apple growers grow the best crop that they can. Uh, so the way I do that is through putting on educational meetings and also sending out educational content. So we do a at least weekly email alert. We also put out monthly newsletters. And then outside of, you know, the world of the computer, we do have in-person meetings. We have meetings in the wintertime. We do farm tours. Um, So there's that educational component. And then pairing with that, I also spend a lot of my time doing on-farm research. So setting up trials, uh, collecting data, and admittedly, a lot of time writing grant proposals and mm-hmm. also writing grant reports. So a lot of, a lot of time involved in, in the world of grants. Yeah. It sounds like a little bit of everything, um, but it's nice that you get to also be out in the field and, and kind of work with, with the trees and all of that. Tell us a little bit about this year's apple crop. Um, how's it looking? So it's really, it's really looking good. Uh, this year we had a lot of a lot of rain, as I'm sure you know. Uh, certainly in July, really, really a ton of rain. And I think what that's what that's done for us is the fruit size is really nice this year. So just just being out in the orchards and and looking at a lot of the different varieties, what I'm really noticing is that the fruit are big, they're juicy, and they have really good flavor this year. So overall, it's it's looking like a, a very nice year for for our apple crop. Yeah, I had heard that it was. Um... It was a good year for the crop. Did the rain impact it negatively at all in terms of more apples dropping to the ground sooner, anything like that? We did find, you know, particularly with the rain, 
in the summertime when it's when it's hot, uh, that is a time where we do tend to run into more disease issues just because a lot of the disease that we have, they do very well under these these very wet environments. So uh, that that was a, a big challenge. Um, but for the most part, even with that, you know, I think a lot of the fruit is very clean this year. Uh, so we we were able to work through that okay. And then as far as you know, fruit dropping on the ground, we have seen some of that as well. Uh, mostly, we, we relate that to, to some type of stress in the trees. So that can be caused from too much rain, sometimes from too little rain. Uh, if it's very warm prior to harvest, that's when we could see some increased drop too. So we are, we are seeing some of that in, in different parts of the region this year. So the amount of rain that we had this past summer, which did seem like a lot, um, was overall pretty good for the crop. Yeah, I, I would say so. And of course, in, in farming, you know, there's always going to be good and bad. So we're, we're very used to rolling with with the good and the bad. Uh, so we, we always look on those those two sides of the coin. But overall, sure. I, I think it has been you know a, a fairly good thing. For the previous year, we had been in a bit of a moderate drought. So it is nice that we, we did get some of that moisture to hopefully refill some of those irrigation ponds and just get get more of that water back in the ground. Seems like we had a shortage of everything this year um, that continued on from last year, but we're not going to have a shortage of apples then. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't believe so. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about the apple varieties in our capital region area, or, you know, let's take upstate New York. How many different varieties of apples do we have? And talk a little bit about some of your favorite varieties. Well, how much time do you have? <laughs> we got all the time in the world. <laughs> well, so, you know, what, what's, what's really great about, about New York State is we have so many different varieties. And certainly in a lot of the farms in the capital region, a lot of the pickerones really, really do have just, just so many unique varieties. So, um, you know, they say varieties of spice of life, and we, we really kind of live by that, I think. Uh, so I would say, you know, a lot of the farms are, are probably growing 25 plus different varieties. So you can find just about anything that that kind of fits your tastes. Um, a couple of my favorites, I, I do have a little bit of a laundry list here just to have a few that I'd like to highlight. Um, one that I, I think is a really nice variety is Snapdragon. Yeah. And that is a, a, a New York variety bred through the breeding program at Cornell. Uh, it has a really nice flavor, really nice crunch. It does have Honeycrisp as, as one of its parents. So it does have sort of that similar crunch and they're ripe just about now. So if, if, if people are going to the, the pick your own orchards, they should be able to, to find that at, at a decent amount of the orchards. So I, I, I do like that one quite a bit. Um, a couple others that I think are, are really worth mentioning and that are also out right now is McCown. And people kind of go back and forth, whether it's pronounced McCoon or McCown. I'm in the McCown camp. That is similar to a Macintosh, but is a little bit crunchier, a little bit sweeter, and they're also ripe just about now. So they're they're one of my favorites. And I always like to recommend that to people just because they don't store very long. So they're not mm. the kind of apple you're going to find in the grocery store in the spring, in the summer, like some of the other ones. So now's really the, the window of time where you can go and get these. So I definitely encourage people to, to pick those up now. Okay. What would you tell people to stay away from? <laughs> Well, I think every 
every variety, this is where I kind of become a bit of a diplomat. Uh, every variety has its purpose. So, uh-huh. you know, depending on what you want to do with, with it, uh, they, they all, they all have their role. Um, you know, which ones do I not personally enjoy? I think Red Delicious, you know, that that's yeah. kind of has a bad rap these days. Yeah. There are still good ones out there. It's just not my favorite. It's, it's a very, um, yeah, it's a, it's a sweet apple. So if you like sweet apples, it's a good choice. I personally prefer apples that have a bit more of a, a sweetness with, with some tartness too. So red delicious. That's the more like kind of mealy one, right? When picked at the right time, they, they do have a good texture. Okay. Uh, I think what we do have happen is it is another apple that, you know, if it's been out for too long, it, it can start getting that, that more mealy texture. Yeah, I would say that I I would agree with you. That's also the one that I try to stay away from. Every now and then I'll pick it up at the grocery store by accident. And I'm like, I know what kind of apple this is. (laughs) When it comes to uh, apple pies, are you much of a baker? I I do a little bit of of baking, yeah. Okay, What, what would you recommend for people who are looking to make some tarts or apple pies? What are the best apples to go to for baking needs? So generally, I would say, again, what I like to do with my pies is the more varieties that you get in there, the better, just because you oh. get a, a different mix of that that sweetness and the tartness. And you also can get more of a mix of, of the textures. Uh, so I would say to, to try to choose a couple that are going to be a little bit on the sweeter side, definitely some that do have some of that tartness because that's going to balance out the sweetness of, of all the sugar that you're putting into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, traditionally a lot of our baking apples are the tartar ones. So something like a Granny Smith or a, a Brayburn, things like Cortland's are also a really nice choice. Uh, they do have a little bit more tartness. Again, they're, they're sort of in that Macintosh family. So they're a nice choice. Uh, so those would be some of the ones that, that I would recommend kind of mixing in some of those sweeter ones and those, those more tart ones. Um, and the Mac types, they do tend to cook down more when you're baking with them. So they'll get more of like a, a saucy consistency, yeah. whereas some will, will hold their shape better. Um, so if you want more of a, a, you know, to still have the apple slices in your pie, I would choose something that's a little bit firmer, like a, like a Granny Smith or a, a Brayburn. Interesting. I've always, I guess I've always just done one type of apple for whenever I'm baking an apple pie, but you're recommending to like kind of mix and match. Right. Yeah. Okay. Would you recommend cooking your apples and then putting them into the pie shell or just um, mixing it up with the spices and then dumping the apples and then letting them bake in the oven and cook up? So all the recipes I've seen, I, I believe it's that you would slice them up and then put them into the, the pastry raw and then cook it all together. Okay. If you have a good apple pie recipe, send email it to me and I'll link it into the show notes too. That would be nice to have if you just have a go-to one. Let's talk a little bit about apple cider. Can you make apple cider at home or would you just say, you know what, go out and just buy it from, from the orchards? Yeah, so I think it, it is certainly much easier to, to, to purchase from the orchards. Uh, you probably could do it at home. It would just be, you know, the, the big thing that you would have lacking is the equipment. Yeah. Uh, so generally at the commercial orchard, we're, we're taking those whole apples and the first step is to actually get them crushed. So they're getting through some type of crusher to, to break up the apples. And then once you kind of have this, 
mix of of these these really finely crushed apples then we're, we're going to actually press that resulting mush mm-hmm. and then th- then you're going to get the juice out so it's it's really sort of that two-step process so you know if, if you just have like a home juicer i know that doesn't quite work the same way uh you know like you would with if, like your orange juicer um it, it is a little bit more specialized equipment so you know for for all intents and purposes i, I think you're better off going to your local orchard and, and picking up some of their cider and again I, I think with the nice part with that is a lot of the the ciders that you're getting at the orchards are going to be made with once again a, a big mix of a lot of their different varieties so you really get really nice rounded flavors out of it yeah let them do all the work and then you just enjoy the drink if you're out at the orchard and you're you know you're picking out your tree and you're seeing to fill up your bag where on the tree should you focus on in order to get like the best apple? So I would say start from the outside of the tree and work your way in. Uh, the best colored fruit are usually going to be closer to the outside of the tree because the sunlight is what's really going to get them that best color. Uh, so that would be my, my sort of recommendation. Start on the outside and then work your way in. And then depending on where you are as far as that variety's ripening date would probably determine where you know that that tree might be at that point so you know just as an example honey crisp is a variety that that we tend to pick over a few weeks uh, so it was really early in the season i would start with with those that are on the outside of the tree that are, are already red um, and if you come back a week later you know you might move a little bit further towards the more interior of the tree they, yeah. they'll start reddening up and then at this point in the season we're, we're, we're sort of at the tail end of Honeycrisp season. So there probably aren't many still on the trees at this point, but at this point, if I were going, I'd probably be looking deeper into the tree to, to still try to find some. But again, at this point, we're, we're pretty much past the prime Honeycrisp season. So not a matter of getting like to the top of the tree and avoiding the low hanging fruit, but just get to the ones that you think are colored the best and have the most sunlight. Right, yep. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. The apple picking business is just huge for tourism. Uh, talk to me a little bit about why that's so important for for our small businesses here in upstate New York. Right. So, I mean, I, I think there's just a really strong tradition of agriculture in upstate New York, of course. Uh, we are the second largest apple producing state in the country. Uh, so we do have a very long tradition and we're also pretty much one of the the oldest apple producing regions in the country. I mean, apples have been grown commercially throughout the Hudson Valley of New York since, you know, the early 1800s. So there's a lot of history there. And many of the farms that that I work with, uh, you know, a significant amount of them really, there are quite a few that that still trace their farm history back to the early 1800s. So there there really is just a, a strong heritage for it. Uh, I think today, you know, people do value uh, being able to know where their, their food comes from. You know, I think pick your owns really are a big role in that because you are able to support your, your local farm by actually going to the farm and, and knowing for sure where your food comes from. I mean, you're taking the fruit out right off the tree. So I, th- I think that is, is very valuable as well. Absolutely. And, and not something that you get to do often when, when you get to the grocery store and and everything is packaged right there for you. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Snapdragon variety of apple. So I remember seeing that like a few years ago when I think it first started coming out and, and I was a fan as well. What went into 
making that variety? And are there other um, more custom varieties coming down the pipeline? I can give a, a rough background. Uh, Susan Brown, she is our apple breeder at, at Cornell. And I know she had been working on that variety. I, I want to say it over 20 years. Uh, it really does take a very long time. 20 what years? Yep. Yep. Wow. So essentially what you have to do is, you know, she does her varieties through classical breeding. So it's, it's taking, you know, the, the pollen from one tree and, and applying it to the, the flower of another tree. Mm-hmm. And then you need to grow that fruit, collect those seeds, plant that seed, and then grow a, a, a full tree from that. And oh, that's just see. To, to see if the fruit is worth, you know, growing again, and then they have to propagate it. So it really is a, a 20 plus year process. So that one had been in the work for a very long time. So you could be planting all of this and then get the fruit and then realize this is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe they, and I don't have her exact number, but from what I've heard, I mean, they, they plant thousands and thousands of seeds every year and, you know, really rigorous testing to, to see what's going to, to make the grade. So my understanding is they have to eat a lot of really disgusting apples <laughs> before they find those those precious few that taste good. And then from there, on top of that, they're not just looking for do they taste good, but they're also evaluating, you know, how do they survive mm. different diseases? How do they survive against different insects? So they're, they're really looking at a, a whole slew of different things. Thankfully, in the case of Snapdragon, it all worked out and it was worth the 20 year investment. Right, right. But yeah, they're really, they're really looking for those, those needles in the haystack for sure. So as, as far as some new varieties, three were recently released last year. Uh, so those are going to start showing up at, at more of our farm stands. And there are a few farm stands around the capital region that do already have them that people can, can pick. Uh, those three are called Cordera is one of them. There's also one called Pink Luster. And Ooh. the final one is called Firecracker. I like that final one. Are they sweet, tart? Give us the kind of like a flavor profile. Sure. So I haven't tasted Cordera, I don't believe. I believe that one's a little bit more on the sweet tart side of things. Okay. Uh, Pink Luster, I believe, is a gala crossed with Honeycrisp, so a a bit of a sweeter apple. And then Firecracker is is also more of a, a sweet tart apple. That one's supposed to be and I've had it before. I really enjoy it. Um, it's a, it is a very flavorful, has high sugar and high acidity. So just a, a really nice flavor bomb of an apple. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'll have to look out for that. That's very exciting. Anything else that you would like to touch on that I may not have asked? No, I think that that covers most things. Okay. Well, fascinating conversation. I I enjoy going apple picking every year and then making pies. It really just is such a great fall activity. Oh, definitely. Yep. And hopefully this nice weather keeps holding up and we got some, a couple, a couple more nice weekends in. Yeah, I think we will. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Thank you so much to Mike. If you need to find a place to go apple picking around the capital region, there are so many. You can check out all of the options at news10.com. Tons of information there on some of the best places to go. Until next week, happy fall. Have a great time. Do all the fall things.